0: I'm and in the news, anti-Semitism at CUNY, the City University of New York. Jeffrey Lacks, a Jewish professor at CUNY's Kingsborough Community College, decided to resign from the professor's union at CUNY. The reason? The union passed an anti-Israel resolution the week before. The resolution, of course, was scathing towards Israel. Part of it read as follows, it condemned the continued subjection of Palestinians to the state-supported displacement, occupation, and use of lethal force by Israel. Things did not look much better at CUNY's Hunter College, Silberman School of Social Work, where on May 20th, there was a Zoom class, public Zoom class, attended by hundreds of students. The Zoom class was hijacked by anti-Israel protesters who decided to cover the background screens with Free Palestine and continuously read a horrible manifesto about Israel, blaming Israel for quote-unquote hijacking the Holocaust for its own purposes, of ethnic cleansing echoing Rashida Tlaib's comments and apartheid. What came worse in that Zoom lecture was that the professors who presided over, some of them at least, were not only quiet, in the face of this animosity, but some of them even chimed in and decided to take part in either reading the manifesto or changing their own background to the same Free Palestine. Students who attended the Zoom session were horrified, thinking to themselves what would have happened had we been there in person. But that's nothing new for CUNY's Hunter College. A few years ago in 2016, when a demonstration took place at Hunter College against a tuition hike at the time, The demonstrators came together chanting, Zionists out of CUNY, Zionists out of CUNY. In addition, they were extremely fierce in chanting, Intifada, Intifada. Intifada, to remind all of you listeners and viewers, is the armed resistance against Israel's existence. Intifada, right here at Hunter College. So what does it look like on the ground for students and alums who are part of this great CUNY community? How does it feel to be under attack? Jessica Shafran is currently a student at the Silberman School of Social Work at CUNY's Hunter College. She's the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor. Jessica took part in that public Zoom mandatory class on May 20th. 2021 that was uh, Zoom-bombed with Free Palestine. Jessica, it's such a pleasure to have you with us.
1: Thank you so much. It's such an honor to meet you and to speak with you.
0: So first of all, please share with our JBS viewers, um, what was it like to be part of that Zoom class meeting for you?
1: It was truly traumatizing and and terrifying. It felt like a modern-day pogrom. It was something that I'd never experienced before in my life.
0: So take us through it. What happened? You're joining the Zoom meeting. It's supposed to be, the the Zoom class was supposed to be a, a, a regular session?
1: It was supposed to be. It wasn't just a regular session. It was about 250 students. And it was supposed to be a celebratory end of year. Congratulations. We have been in school all year through a pandemic remotely. Let's celebrate this moment. Instead, it became a Zoom bombing of Free Palestine and a silencing of any voice that did not support Free Palestine and a silencing of every Jewish student.
0: What kind of claims were made um, against the state of Israel in um, in that Zoom class?
1: So the claim was made that Israel was an apartheid state. It was made that Israel is ethnically cleansing the Palestinians, and the claims that anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism are different. And it's okay to be an anti-Zionist, and that does not mean you're an anti-Semite.
0: Even though that means that you're negating, you know, the right for self-determination for only the Jews, it's still okay.
1: Correct. And in addition, the next statements that were made were about BDS, and that the school must Um, support the BDS movement.
0: And you're sitting there um, listening to all of this. Suddenly the screen changes. What were the professors' reaction to this? I mean, the students, you were not alone there. You had professors in attendance. How did they react to this onslaught of hate fest against Israel?
1: It was complete silence. And in addition, they were complicit in this. I was in a 2 p.m. session and there was a 9 a.m. session that had happened. And from what I understand, the 9 a.m. was a surprise. For the 2 p.m. session, it was not a surprise. The administration had emailed the professors to tell them that this was going to happen again at 2 p.m. So So the administration. It happened twice that day? There wasn't just one.
0: There were two sessions were, which were hijacked by these anti-Israel hooligans?
1: Correct. It was two sessions, and, and they understood, they clearly understood that this was a hijacking, because for the third session, the administration took control and did not allow it to happen.
0: But two sessions it was, it was allowed to be? Correct and you're sitting there listening to this and when you say the professors were complicit, what does that mean in the, in, the, in, the time, in the course of the lesson itself? What did they do or not do?
1: They did nothing. When you're a host, we all know, we've all been on Zoom for the last year. When you are the host of a Zoom meeting, you can mute someone and they did not mute anybody. They allowed and supported the students who were taking over this class to take it over. And my professor in a later session said to me, that's okay. Sometimes extreme protest needs to be done for change to happen. And you may not think it was the right time, but this was the right time in the right place. But... It seems to me that there is a a profound lack
0: of understanding. Here you are sitting there as a Jewish student through the class that's supposed to be celebratory, as you say, and there is an onslaught on your very identity, on the very right of the Jewish people to have a home of their own, their own self-determination. And this seems to be tolerated by the professors while executed by the students. Did you end up staying through the class? Did you
1: leave? How did you react? Um, I ended up leaving, I, my grandfather's a Holocaust survivor and his final closing message and his message to us was always be on guard. As Jews, we must be on guard. This can happen and will happen again. And I was so shocked. I said, I do not need to be here. I have a choice to walk away. And I did. However, before I did, I left a message in the chat where I said, if you are truly committed to BDS, then stop using your cell phones, stop using your computers, because we know that technology was invented in Israel.
0: And how are you how are you viewed personally? How do you feel socially? when people know that you're Jewish and that you support Israel and it's got nothing to do with your ability to criticize legitimately Israel's policies, but not in the face of such an onslaught on the very legitimacy of Israel as a state on the world stage. How are you experiencing on a personal level?
1: On a personal level, I have a lot of support and I'm very strong in my beliefs and I'm very strong with myself. So there is not really anything someone can say to me directly that can bring me down and can tear me down. This has only made me stronger. This has only made me more determined and more determined to support Israel and to speak proudly as a Jew than I ever have before.
0: And are you engaging with the administration or the professors in a dialogue trying to explain to them, it's amazing that we live at a time where you have to do that, but explain to them what is wrong with their behavior vis-a-vis this kind of um, shenanigan?
1: Yes, um, I have. There were two responses. Um, I explained if Hunter and Silverman is against all hate and we stand with the Black Li- the Black Lives Matter community and against hate towards the AAPI community, why do we not stand against the rise in anti-Semitism? And my question was met with silence.
0: Later that- Did not bother to honor you with a response?
1: No, the silence spoke volumes. Later that in that same meeting, someone from the the administration said, we can put out whatever statement we want. However, people will still die. So there's no reason and no, no reason to put a statement out, which is even worse than the silence.
0: Because every other form of hate is acceptable aside from the most ancient kind that has plagued humanity for thousands of years and brought it to its knees in the moral abyss that is the Holocaust, that is not worthy of any specific statement made by the Silberman School Administration. And that was met by silence. It's unbelievable. I
1: listened to you with sheer amazement. And it's what's so interesting about it is so much of the year was, we discussed intergenerational trauma related to the uh, experience of people of color in America. And when you take a step back, intergenerational trauma began with the experience of Holocaust survivors. And to now deny intergenerational trauma that myself as a grandchild of Holocaust survivors experience is truly shocking and against every, everything that I've been taught all year.
0: Jessica, the words of your grandfather echo in my ears and in the ears of all of the uh, JBS viewers who are listening to you now, that it's our obligation not just to stand silently in the face of anti-Semitism, but be on guard and take action. And I have to uh, give you tremendous credit for being at the forefront of this and just know that you have my support and the support of so many people who are watching you now, admiring you for your courage in standing up for your beliefs.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so sorry that this is how we have to meet, but I'm, I'm here and I'm standing up and I will always be here to, to voice my support for Israel. Thank you. And it's a pleasure
0: having you. I look thank forward you. to following up with you in the future and see where things go from here. Again, thank you. Stay safe and appreciate joining us on JBS.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Rafi Cooper is a student who just finished his first year at the Silberman School of Social Work at CUNY's Hunter College. He's devoted to social work, has a food startup, but sadly, he has also witnessed anti-Semitism firsthand, and we are interested in hearing his experiences here on JBS. Thank you so much, Rafi, for joining us on JBS. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your experiences as a student at CUNY's Hunter College.
2: How is that going? For sure. So, I'm a first-year student at Hunter College. I just finished my first year, and uh, I've experienced uh, a few situations of anti-Semitism. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to be coming from the curriculum at Silverman. I would say that's that's the main part, and it's being passed on to professors, students, and administrators. And unfortunately, it seems that uh, Silverman has a history of not taking anti-Semitism seriously and sweeping incidents under the rug and largely ignoring students' concerns for anti-Semitism and their safety.
0: Rafi, um, just a few examples. Take us through that, because a lot of the people who are listening to this are not familiar with the reality on the ground. So when you say experience anti-Semitism as a student, what does that look like?
2: So experience with anti-Semitism as a student, um, I would say looks like demonization of the state of Israel, demonization of uh, the Israeli government, demonization of Um, The concept of Zionism, and I would uh, say misconstruing what Zionism is all about and misconstruing what the facts are in the state of Israel right now. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of students and professors use words that they don't really understand the full meaning or implication of, such as, you know, colonialist, imperialist, genocidal, ethnic cleansing, um, racist, apartheid, when in fact that's not the reality on the ground in the state of Israel. Um, It's not the reality of history. But unfortunately, it seems like Silverman is more concerned with using these buzzwords when, you know, they don't realize the implications of using those words and what it means for Jews all around the world. We've seen in the last, you know, month and a half, the real implication that has when you use those words, when you talk about Jews and Israel, and you try to make the stratification between being anti-Zionist and being anti-Semitic. And unfortunately, I've seen that firsthand. I've seen it in writing. I've seen it in readings given over by professors and by the administration. Ruffy, and
0: Rafi, when, when you're saying Zionism is misrepresented, what, what do you see, um, what's the, you know, what do they see Zionism as and, and
2: how does it manifest itself? It's a great question. So most of the student body and professors classify Zionism as a white supremacist type of movement and an ethno-state type of movement. Um, When in fact Zionism is no more than the self-determination of the Jewish people and just like the you know other cultures have a right to self-determination. And no one questions that and there's no movement called anti you know self-determination for other groups of people, but when it comes to the Jewish state. There's this platform that seems to be legitimized by students by professors by faculty by administrators. Do you see this in the spoken language and the written language? Like, how do do you see that um, manifest itself before your eyes? So I've seen it on Zoom chats before. Um, We have a class called Practice Lab that all uh, students in my curriculum, all students in my program are required to take. So Practice Lab is a required class. And in this Practice Lab class, we talk about different isms. So we talk about racism. We talk about sexism. We talk about feminism. And we do cover anti-Semitism, which is you know, I think totally legitimate and and warranted, Um, but in anti-Semitism, in that conversation that we had around anti-Semitism, a lot of students and faculty brought up the fact that, you know, anti-Zionism is not a form of anti-Semitism. And when you ask, in what way have I seen this? We had a reading on anti-Semitism and the reading on anti-Semitism included a section about legitimizing anti-Zionism as a form of critique of the state of Israel and not a real manifestation of the new anti Semitism. So I've, I've seen that firsthand and I voice concern about that. And I was what largely. You so,
0: so, Rafi, you're saying I voice concern and you speak so well. But tell me, what does that mean you voice concern? How did it actually happen? Did you go up to the professor, the students? Did you send them an email? How does that work? And what were the reactions you received as a
2: result? So, I sent an email to a professor after the conversation around anti-Semitism came up. And in our Zoom chat, actually, there were students who were writing about how, you know, Israel is colonialist and all these like just blatant misrepresentations. So at the time in the Zoom chat when this was happening in our class, I didn't feel prepared to respond because I was just so shocked, honestly. Like as someone who's Jewish and as someone who's been to the state of Israel multiple times and spent time there and lived there and spoken the language, I just I I was in complete shock and some students were, you know, had Jewish sounding last names. So after the class, I sent an email to the professor voicing my concern about the conversation that there was taking place around the state of Israel, as well as the reading that was assigned for that week. Um, And the professor addressed, you know, kind of tried to hear me out in terms of how I was feeling about the conversation around Israel, but did not address the fact that the reading was you know, fundamentally just flawed and completely inaccurate. And in my opinion, when you have a reading on antisemitism, if it's your one main reading, I don't see a reason why it has to even mention the state of Israel or anti-Zionism. Because as we know, antisemitism has been around for thousands of years before there was a real technical state of Israel in 1948, before there was the Zionist movement starting in the late 1800s. You know, Jews have been persecuted no matter where they are and no matter how they feel about the state of Israel. So, I just found that to be just a blatant, you know, misrepresentation of what anti-Semitism is, and that concerns. May,
0: may I refer to you as a as a fellow Zionist? Uh, yeah, for sure. Now, let me ask you: walking around the campus. I mean, naturally, we had Zoom, but you are going to walk back on campus soon. As a Zionist, as somebody who is not hiding his identity as a proud Jew who believes in Israel's right to exist, how does that make you feel? Uh, what kind of reactions do you get? And have you ever had any? Um, you know, any incident that involved anti-Semitism towards you in any specific manner, physical or uh, abusive verbally or any other way?
2: So I wish I could tell you that I felt safe coming back to campus next semester. But I mean, after the incidences that have taken place that I've seen on that, you know, Thursday that was Zoom bombed, as well as the conversation that I've seen in our Zoom chat about the state of Israel and for people who feel strongly about supporting the state of Israel. I don't feel safe. And the Hunter and Silverman administration has done nothing to guarantee our safety. they merely paid lip service to it. Um, And in terms of incidences that I've seen, we unfortunately have a student Facebook group, which is not moderated by the school. So the school won't take any responsibility obviously, but um, the conversation around Israel has come up on multiple threads and to see the way that students are speaking about the state of Israel, speaking about Jews, speaking about people who support the state of Israel, is it, it's really, it's, I'm telling you, it's scary. And these are people that I'm going to be in class with, that I'm going to be sitting next to. And, you know, it's my, it's my prayer that this doesn't come up again. But I know that anytime that there's a mere incident in, in that area of the world, that I know that, you know, students are going to take that, as a red, as 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 a you know, as a green light to start bring up this conversation and you know spouting hatred and bigotry and the things that they've spouted already. Um, what are so, you
0: hoping? What What are you hoping the administration to do um, in this regard? What are your expectations of and also of your professors, really?
2: For sure. So I honestly, I think it starts at the fundamental level of our readings. I think if you're churning out readings on anti-Semitism that are blatantly misleading about what anti-Zionism is or what anti-Semitism is and isn't. I think that's honestly where it starts. And I think the school needs to, first of all, address that. I think, secondly, I think the school needs to address what took place on Thursday, May 20th, where there was a Zoom that was taken over by pro-Palestinian uh, students. Right. I mentioned at the beginning. Yep. As, well as, as well as a pro-Palestinian professor, which to, to my knowledge, That has not been dealt with, and there has been no statement from the school about that. They've said that they're investigating for the last month. So in any investigation, you would expect that there would be witnesses or people interviewed, but as far as I know, no Jewish students were interviewed on their experience on that.
0: Rafi, before we go, um, anything you wanna ask our viewers who are watching you now, sympathizing you and listening to you, is there any call to
2: action, anything that they can do to help you in your struggle? For sure. I would say, um, please reach out to CUNY. If you're a donor to CUNY, to Hunter, Queens, Bra- Bra- you know, Brooklyn College, Manhattan College, Lehman, um, I think you have to use your uh, voice as well. I mean, as students, I only have one voice and I've reached out to the, to the administration and unfortunately I've largely been ignored, but um, I know many people support this institution. And I think for a large part, it is an amazing institution. It does a tremendous amount of good but I think right now there needs to be a correction and they're not doing good. And I think if you're a supporter, whether it's by sending you know, donations or whether it's with tuition dollars, I think you need to speak up. And I think you need to call for action because it's unacceptable the way that this institution as a whole, CUNY as a whole, is treating its Jewish students and its pro-Israel students, which deserve to have a voice and deserve to have a safe space. Um, and right now they're not being given that.
0: It's amazing to hear um, what you say uh, at this time, 2021, that Jews still have to fight to have a voice and to feel safe in the United States of America. And I'm sure, Rafi, that we will get back to you in the future to hear more about how this struggle is moving on. In the meantime, stay safe and much success on your endeavor. Just know we are with you a thousand percent. Thank you so much for joining us on JBS today. Thank you. Michael Mantell is a psychotherapist and educator. He graduated from CUNY Hunter College in New York City with a bachelor's in psychology, a master of social work at the Silberman School of Social Work at CUNY's Hunter College, and he has been at the forefront of Holocaust education and fighting anti-Semitism. I am so happy to have him with us on JBS today. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. Thank you
3: so much, Shakhar. This is uh, one of the greatest honors
0: So you you will have the opportunity of giving us, our viewers, a perspective on this matter. We heard from the students just a minute ago, from Jessica and from Rafi, uh, but you've been there as an undergrad, you've been there as a a graduate student. What does the situation look like with a historical perspective?
3: Sure. Um, I wish I could say that this is something that just started happening, um, but it goes back decades. Uh, When I was an undergrad at CUNY Hunter College, there was even an event, um, with a flyer that was approved by the student uh, Senate, which means that it was also sanctioned by the college. Uh, the flyer read that one in every 500 college students get shot by the Israeli soldiers. Uh, this is not even uh, uh, accurate. Uh, that would mean that 4,000 Hunter college students per year get shot by Israelis. So this is factually inaccurate. It's hyperbole and it's uh, slander to the Jewish people.
0: And tell us about the instances that you've witnessed over the years of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment as a student as, and as an
3: alum today. Sure. Um, as they say, uh, what happens on campus doesn't stay on campus. <laughs> as a student and then as an alumnus, both on campus and off campus and online, I experienced anti-Semitism uh, um, from faculty, staff, students, and alumni sometimes in more subtle ways and sometimes in blatant ways. Uh, The attacks came mostly in the form of offensive, often uh, abusive allegations and name-calling, and even ones resulted in destruction of property on college campus.
0: And how was it uh, treated by the administration? What has been your experience with the administration trying to resolve this issue?
3: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, Shakar, not a lot um, has happened. between uh, at least 2008 until the present, Jewish students and alumni, including myself, have been reporting anti-Semitic uh, incidents to the administration. And on numerous occasions, we've even proposed resolutions to ensure the safety of Jewish students on campus. Uh, semester after semester, the administration has failed. Jewish students, they ignored our proposals, they canceled meetings last minute, they took months to reply to emails, and they even denied our request for action. Um, to give you two examples of how the administration unfortunately responded, um, they they approved um, an article or a reading for the course uh, for one of the courses, a mandatory course, um, that had explicit anti-Semitic rhetoric. Um, also, um, we asked for a statement, a public statement, to be put forth by the dean of the Silverman School of Social Work and that was denied on numerous occasions.
0: And, and what are you hearing from, from the students? We just heard from two of them, but what's, how are they feeling with regards to everything? Because you have the experience of having gone through this and being active for two decades now. What about them?
3: Yeah, so um, uh, just through um, informal conversations and also um, interviewing up to about 50 students and alumni or more, Jewish students feel intimidated and they feel silenced. Um, They report feeling completely unsafe on campus, unsupported by uh, faculty and staff. And again, they're afraid to go back uh, in the fall. And students who said that if they have no other option, they will go back in the fall have already expressed to the administration that they will do everything to cover up or remove anything that makes them identifiably Jewish in order to get through the semester. Wow. Wow. Amazing to hear, amazing to hear in
0: 2021. Um, Lastly, Michael, I just wanna cap this with a call to action. You have so many people who are listening to you who are viewing this show and they wanna know what they can do. So please share with us your vision for a call to action of how can we all be part of this
3: Zionist power grid and help you to do the right thing. Thank you so much. And again, thank you so much for this platform and thank you to JBS as well. Um, I'll start by saying the problem is that Jewish students are afraid to speak up. This is because they think they don't know enough and they're afraid of retaliation. And they also worry about being socially isolated from peers and future colleagues. So as alumni and members of the community, we need to support the students and demand that the administration protect these students from hate speech and discrimination. Uh, as alumni and as community members, we can do the following. We can connect with students while they're uh, in school and also after they graduate. We can reach out to our local organizations, synagogues and elected officials and notify them of this ongoing problem. And we can contact the Dean of Silverman School of Social Work, Mary Kavanaugh. We can contact the president of Hunter College, Jennifer Robb and the Chancellor of CUNY, Felix Matos Rodriguez and um, also we can support faculty members in the opposition to anti-Semitic and anti-Israel resolution that was just passed by the CUNY faculty union. So your viewers can visit um, cunystatement.com and they can sign and share the statement. And one more thing is that the CUNY faculty have a right to stop paying their dues if the union continues to support these resolutions that seek to boycott and demonize the state of Israel. Michael,
0: you're absolutely fabulous for the work you do. I wanna say a big, big thank you for your leadership and I'm sure the students and the community in general is extremely, extremely lucky to have you.
3: Well, thank you, Shakar. Coming from you, that's such an honor. Really appreciate it and everything that you and JBS do.
0: So there you have it, my friends. What you're hearing now is a call to action. Action, not just words, but actually taking action on the ground in reaching out and making our voices heard on this absolutely crucial matter for our future. Even if you don't have a child who goes to CUNY, the cues given from the New York establishment throughout the country on college campuses is significant. If there is enough backlash, if people understand that there is a cost to anti-Semitism, there is a cost to being complicit in endangering Jewish students on campus and to demonizing and dehumanizing the Jewish state, that is our only option to make it all stop. So I'd like to really repeat what Michael just said and what the students you've just heard said to you as well. It's time for actions, not just words. I want to thank all of you viewers for listening in and hope to see you on the CUNY website. I'm Shaharazani. Until next time for JBS. Shalom and Leito. See you soon.